Hello everyone, this is Kat, the host of your Growth Mindset Podcast Show. I just want to take a quick second to really thank you all for listening and supporting this entire podcast. It's definitely been a whole journey, everything with my business and brand. So I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. You know, this whole thing had started my business, my brand, everything was for my daughter. I I love her to death and there's really nothing I wouldn't do for her. And as I build this brand with a lot of empowerment and a lot of women empowerment, it's just all to, again, it's for my mission is to hope that really no one feels alone out there going through the hard times and the challenges through whether you're a mother, a single mother, you know, a female reaching for her dreams and goals going through a lot of life challenges right now, I just want you to know that you're not alone. And hopefully through not only just my story, but many other stories that we have shared here on the podcast and Boss Babe Coaches, that any of them help you feel supported or have a little bit of guidance in your life right now. So again, thank you for all the love and support. Feel free to message me on my Instagram page on um, my email links, all of that through my Instagram. And yeah, I hope um, I hear from you soon. All right, so I have Taylor here and you guys have heard her story on you know this season and she has uh, been awesome to actually be here and interview me on the details of my life story, which I have talked about before on Boss Babe Coaches. But this is a whole different <laughs> detailed into, I'm going to dig a, li- a little bit more into um, my cultural background, you know, upbringing and a lot of the relationship stuff and how that also affects your relationships in the long run. So. I'm going to leave it to Taylor here to ask those questions from the very beginning. And in my story, um, when I met Harley's dad was in 2015, 2016, around that time is when we actually met. And um, my story goes is actually I moved from San Diego, LA, LA for six years, and then I went to the Bay Area. And the Bay Area from then on, um, I was single having fun, you know, I lived with my sister, ended up getting also my own place to rent in the Bay Area. And, you know, one day, of course, through mutual friends, I met Harley's dad and that's where it began. (laughs) Yeah, I just, and like, we've talked about bits and pieces so many times before that I've always been like, I don't even understand how we got here. So (laughs) I guess, yeah, if like, we just really where it's, started like was it love at first sight was the mutual attraction did you meet through friends (laughs) um yeah I think you know the whole Bay Area culture to me was very new and I would get joked around a lot being like um 
I'm from San Diego and they they would even say, Kat, you speak funny. Like, I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I'm eloquent with my words uh, <laughs> because a lot of like the new friends I was meeting, they had, they, they really knew that Bay Area slang, you know, everyone dressed so cool. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. It was just, I'm like, maybe I'm that, I'm just like that much of a San Diego girl. I'm like a surfer girl. Um, and so when I met him, it was through mutual friends. I was actually looking for an apartment to rent or room to rent. And one of my friends was like, hey, you know, um, my friend here and put us in a group chat and was like, looking is looking to rent out um, one of his rooms at his place that, you know, his, it's actually his cousin owns this house. So there's an extra room. And so they put us in this group chat and we were messaging and I was like, I really just want to rent a room. That's it. But her dad was like, you know, hey, we should meet. We should hang out and add each other on social media and, you know, all these things. When I was like, I just want to rent a room man. I'm not trying to like date anyone, you know, all this, all that stuff. But yeah, we ended up meeting and hanging out. I ended up living in actually East Bay um in san francisco or east bay o oakland i want to say oakland <laughs> oakland and then alameda and we would hang out and yeah it was just like from then on we were only like probably a mile apart at that point living in alameda like in different in different houses um but okay, so you was, met him trying to rent a room from him yeah that was ended up not renting a room from him but you no. didn't meet him exactly um we okay. ended up meeting because he was like you know, he we added each other on social media, and he was like, "Let me show you more of the Bay Area." And that turned it, but it works. It worked. You know, that charm worked on me. Not gonna lie. And we went out, and we we got drinks, and we ended up getting closer. And at the time, I was working in the dental field, which I had done for so many years. And that dental office was in San Francisco. I made best friends with a lot of my coworkers and I had a lot of friends in the Bay Area. So I was working in the dental, but um, the dental field. But at that point, you know, we're we're going out, we're having fun. You are so blindly in love. And just like anyone, you know, your your goals and everything you have to, you want to work on yourself get skewed. You get distracted. You're in love. And so instead of going to work like I should have, I was either late or I was not going. And it was a lot of the, the influences on each other. It was like, hey, don't go to work today, you know? And it right. like turned into, Stay okay, home with hang me. out. Stay in bed. Like, yeah, let's yeah. go out on week. And we were, we were out, you know, hanging out on weekends a lot. So, um, and when I, when I go back <laughs> and I talk a little bit about when I met him and those things, he, he also has a son and I absolutely fell in love with his son and his son at the time was like maybe six seven years old and i took him in like my own and when i say that and you had seen us all together you would know i i freaking love this kid you know i i made sure the holidays were great and as i was getting close to him i celebrated the really the birthdays with him i did the whole backyard i i really really absolutely love this kid and introduced him to also my family and I remember one specific um, holiday where I knew I was absolutely in love with him was we were dropping him off at his mom's house um, um, after our first Christmas together. And I cried in the car because I really was connected to him, you know, and I never knew I would have this kind of feelings for, 
you know, like his son. Like I know I would really love this kid like my own and maybe have a kid one day. Yeah, yeah, I I felt that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know everyone's heard it, but it's really shocking, I think, and really powerful when all of a sudden you realize that you have this capacity to love yeah. somebody else's child as your own. Yeah, definitely. And you take them in and you have that whole commitment to them and they bond with you and it's traumatizing when it doesn't work for everybody involved. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine for the children. And, you know, of course I have heard, I'm not going to lie, um, this is the podcast to do it. When I had met him, there were millions of stories of his his situation with his ex. And everyone came to me. I had heard so many versions of this, every little detail of him and his ex's story. And I was like, man, this sounds nuts and crazy. And a little bit of a red flag goes up and says, hey, should you look into this? Or is this gonna be a problem? Like, is this something that is gonna show up in your relationship later? You know, and those are little things that, again, the little red flag goes up, but you're so in love. And you're like, hey, I'm just gonna maybe overlook this. Maybe it's not a big, big deal but it starts to become a big deal because now you are the new girlfriend, you know, showing up in this, in her kid's life that she's probably not okay with, which she wasn't. She clearly wasn't. Um, There were, there were issues through either texts or, you know, I had one phone call from work. I don't know how in the world, like I was found at my work because no one knew where I was working at that time. you know, there was a lot of really ugly situations that were happening there. And again, it's like, hmm, is this something that I should look at? Or maybe, you know, I'm really in love with this person that I'm just gonna continue. And I know I, since I'm so in love, I chose to really fight for this guy, fight for my guy, right? Uh, And protect him and whatever this chick, this ex, is saying is probably wrong, right? Is that what you're always, like you'll probably think because you're so in love. And and at that point when you're so in love, you don't think about these other people and this uh, this behavior that you're thinking, this is probably not okay in a relationship. But anyways, I heard a lot about, you know, his ex and that story and it didn't phase me. It was like, I never really came in contact with her. I didn't have to see her. I've seen her maybe like once or twice in person there's nothing wrong there. Um, all that mattered was really the care of the, the kid. You right. Know, and we I had him. Yeah. I feel like that's where it gets really murky when like you want to show this person that you love that like we're we're here. We're in this yeah. together. We're gonna do this together. This is a life bump, you know. I'll show you that I'm a great parent yeah. because eventually I want to have children with you or grow our family or I don't know. I feel like not only women fall victim to that, and I shouldn't even say victim because it's not like it's the kid's fault, but mm-hmm. it is definitely a messy situation uh, from the beginning. And then if it doesn't work out, then it's also really messy. But, you know, women especially, I feel like we we see a poor baby, like we want to take care of them. We want to yeah. bond with the kid. We want to give our love. We want to create a home. We want that family thing. And I don't, I mean, just knowing like who you are and what a good heart you yeah. have and what kind of a person you are, of course you wanted that. Yeah. So it might sound like a red flag and it might look yeah. like a red flag, you know, retrospectively, but at the time 
nobody can blame you for wanting to make your partner happy and create a happy life. Oh yeah, definitely. So it sounds like when you're like, oh, well, you know, a red flag here and a red yeah. flag there. Yeah, in hindsight, but at the time, yeah, I don't feel like those always present themselves as such. Yeah, you see yourself as like one big happy family, you're a new, you know, uh, blended family, you know. Um, and so, you know, we took his son out a lot. We, um, every time he was with us, we tried to instill the best values, the responsibilities at home, the chores, and have fun taking him out to all the sites of the city. And, you know, um, I, of course, would take care of him the best I can, full of love. And when we had traveled, I took care of him too. You know, I really wanted to be a big part of um, his son's life. Um, so yeah, in the next part of this whole relationship, a lot of the, of course, in the Filipino culture, and maybe in a lot of many cultures, the families very much get involved. So it was like his family, my family, they all end up meeting. And everyone, of course, has their own, their own um, values and their own th beliefs and on how a kid should be raised and how you should have your family and should you get married and have a kid, you know, all of these, um, things are said a lot, of course, when you get together. And the things that didn't sit well with me, I think were, um, you know, when you're meeting someone's family, you're, you always hope, of course, in your partner's family or the person you're dating and their family that everyone just really gets along and everyone lives like one big happy family, you know? Um, but there's things to remember that with me, honestly, it's like the questions of, if you marry this person, what are the beliefs that they will also instill in your child? How will they try to raise your child, even though it's not their kid? But because of our culture, a lot of the grandparents and the uncles and aunties get very much involved and they all have a say and they all gather and talk about, oh, this kid is not, maybe they're, they look skinny today, you know, or like maybe they not dressed well, or, you know, um, one of the things which was maybe a lot of people think is not so serious, but when my daughter was born, um, she, it was a family member, not going to say who had said they brought over a waist trainer for my daughter. I'm sorry, what? A waist trainer. <laughs> and then, for you? Uh, no, yeah, my daughter who had just been born, um, a waist trainer, and this is straight up fact, truth, a waist trainer. Oh, yeah. Like they kid. wanted you to wear the waist trainer? <laughs> you just had a baby? Yeah, I know, right? It was a little mini waist trainer for my daughter. And they thought oh. it was cute and funny and it was not a joke. It was not a joke to me. Um, the fact that, okay, now we want to train her waist and do- For what? She's going to have- like a health issue, like she's gonna be overweight or something. And um, I remember when they had opened that gift, I just had the worst feelings of like, what is this gonna look like if I marry into this family? You know, um, there's just so many moments of this where, again, you wanna raise your kid and you hope to raise them in the most positive atmosphere, um, full of not only respect, but you raise them in such good light where, um, there's just so much love and support and, you know, as me as an empowerment coach now, of course, that the woman as my daughter and like my daughter grows up to be is fully respected and knows how to, you know, be treated by um, other people, you know, and a lot of those things, as I look back into, you know, those questions, I'm like, did I 
like there's so many times where I, I know I should have stepped away. You know, the whole should have, could have, would have. And not only that, and that's where we get in deeper is um, the circle of friends you start to have with each other. You know, um, the kind of, the kind of um, lifestyle, I wanna say, when you are with someone, what is that lifestyle? And what does that turn into? And is that what you want for yourself? I understand when you love someone, you'll do everything you can to, again, blend your friends, you know, um, make sure that you guys can have the same lifestyle, wh whether it's going out on weekends together, socialize, you know, drinking or whatever it, that, that may be. I feel like that's so important to know when you are dating someone because that definitely came up a lot in this relationship. But there's a healthy way to do that and there's a yeah. non-healthy way to do that and at that point it sounds like you're like intuition and your you know your higher self and everything was really coming through with the this is not what I want this to look like long term oh yeah definitely I will say the clearest point of this was I'm not that type of person to go out every single weekend that's just not my personality you know, I, even when I was in San Diego, when I was in LA, yeah, in my twenties, my early twenties, I lived that life and that was great. You know, when I moved to the Bay area, I, yeah, I had fun and all of that. But, you know, um, even right before I had my daughter, yeah, I was like down to go out, you know, here and there. But for me personally, this is for me as a person, not anyone else. I'm just not that type to want to go out every single weekend and be with my friends every single weekend or go drinking every single weekend. You know, any of those kind of activities. I just really wanted to be with my my family I'm with, be with my daughter, be with the kids, you know, like that was just my personality. Spend more time with my partner. That was right. just kind of where I was, but I had, ugh, I'm like, taking a step back here because I there's just so many moments in this relationship where this issue of well are you down you know with the friends are you are you going to show up to this birthday are you going to come out to this party and if you don't like you had to it's like you they made you felt feel guilty like I don't you know how to, you were guilted into going yeah it was like you felt guilty and I never had once and I've never had once told him. I've never said, hey, you can't go see your friends. Hey, you shouldn't, you know, like, I don't want you to see your friends this weekend. You know, I don't want you to see your friends at all. Never once, you know? And again, those are like little red flags that come up because why is this now an issue of my friends want to go out and, and you don't want to go out and now you're not down? Like, right. you're, why don't you come, you know, come out every weekend or it should it should be that way because this is what you want. And to each their own guys, again, I'm not knocking for if you want, if you as a couple are down to go party every freaking weekend with your children, dude, by all means. But me as a person, I know that's where I should have left the relationship because right away, the friends, the family, right away, our values don't match. Our lifestyles don't match. So step away. But of course I stayed. So one major event, um, my friends had gotten married and everyone went back to the hotel and um, I stayed in my room and there's some people coming in and out of that room and I stayed in that room because I was like I didn't want to go out drinking or do any drugs I was like I want to just stay in the hotel room and hang out um, him and his friends went into another room 
and they were like hanging out, you know, doing their thing, um, drinking a little high, maybe really high or whatever. I don't care. Right. I just didn't feel like doing it. And for some reason, because that's this conversation was built up over time that it was such a big issue of why I wasn't out with them every weekend or why I wasn't out drinking or, you know, or maybe that like they straight up felt like, oh, is she judging us? Right. So um, my ex took me like from my room to go into the other room and I was standing there like literally everyone was chilling on two beds. And I was standing there like I was about to be put up on the cross, <laughs> like, and they were like, hey, we want to tell you something. And everyone here is clearly not sober. Um, I'm standing there. I'm like, OK, what's what's the issue? You know, like I'm sober. I'm like just looking like what's wrong. And they're like, hey, we just want to address something. There is one main person talking and she was like, you know, we just feel like you're judging us that you know, you think that we party every weekend and they're saying this as everyone is not sober. You know, she's telling me like, you you know, I shouldn't judge them for, oh, that if I think they party every weekend, that's not how they are. That's not what they do, you know, and that they have family. And that's like, that's of course important. And I'm like, okay, so why am I up here? Face. I know, I know. <laughs> and I'm just like the audacity right now. And I'm like, and the worst part is like, I'm the youngest one in this room. You know, like these are people that have, they're married, that have children. And here I am, I'm like, why am I being put up here? And why is everyone like putting me up here to like ask me these questions? Like, what's the problem? And like, and also, like, if you're not, I mean, and it's to each their own, of course, but like, if you were not going out with them all the time, like, I don't want to bring people that don't want to be there out yeah. with me. Like, I don't, yeah. I'm inviting people over and you don't want to come by all means, keep yourself at home. I'm okay with that. It's not a big deal, but I know we're laughing about this, but why was this such a No, I, it's because it's only, it's not because it's okay, yeah. but because it's so outlandish it that is. that would even be an issue, especially at that point. And like, I'm also blown away that he wouldn't come to you and just be like, Hey babe, like, do you like my friends? Is there a reason? Like, just and you know, a couple conversation. Like, oh, he was somebody you met that you yeah. didn't like. Did something make you uncomfortable? But like those things that you should be able to do in a functional yeah. adult conversation versus I mean, I'm gonna get drunk or stoned or yeah. high off whatever and have all of my friends gang up on my girlfriend. <laughs> because that's the best way to have this conversation. Yeah. And it was right after our friend's wedding, like my really good friends. It was their wedding. It was the night of their wedding day. And I'm like, really, we have to do this. So I'm standing up there and they're all sitting on two beds. And my ex is standing there and is like, just letting this all fucking happen. Like your friends, your friend is like clearly saying these things to me. And she couldn't have pulled me aside and say, hey, Kat, can we have an adult conversation just right. as you? There were like five, six people in the freaking room, you know, and it's like they're like all not only do you feel vulnerable when people <laughs> like I know I do when people are like, hey, can we talk about this? I'm always like, oh, hell, like what? What? Yeah, happened? exactly. And it's, it's like, pull me aside. And my own ex couldn't like, on a podium more or less to be oh, like yeah. this is the only person we're all going to talk to you. Like, of course, you're going to feel attacked. You're going to feel awkward. You're going to feel put on the spot and drunk, sober. Like that's a huge different thing. If you're sober and everyone else in the room is drunk, it doesn't even matter what you say at that point. Yeah. It literally wouldn't have mattered no yeah. matter how 
you played it out because that's not, it's not gonna land properly on people that are in an altered state of mind. Yeah, it was crazy. And like the whole issue, this is what I got from that, is that they wanted to spend more time with my ex. And I'm like, okay, I was infuriated. I should have just honestly just took taken a fucking Uber home and got out of there and packed my shit and left. Because I was like, this is what I'm gonna have to deal with. Like getting harassed by your friends over stupid shit like this, that is totally unnecessary. I have a daughter at home. I don't need this kind of shit. I honestly just care about my my family and being with my daughter. So it's like, if you wanna go be with your friends, great. And I literally told her to her face and everyone in the room, I said, hey, never once have I said, you know, my ex, you can't hang out with these people. I straight up told her, he's a grown ass man, okay? He can go hang out with you. If you have a problem that he's not hanging out with you enough and you think it's my fault, it's not my fucking fault. He doesn't yeah. want to go hang out with you. That's not my problem. You guys should be talking to him. Why am I even here? And then at the very end of this, they all hugged. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? <laughs> and there so I stood there. Drunken moments for sure. I literally stood there and I was like, so pissed. I was like, I don't understand this group of friends. I don't want to be a part of this. I literally walked out by myself and went to bed. That was the, like, right away should have been the biggest red flag of, first of all, if you guys are not down to have that lifestyle together, which I was not, I stayed again for many reasons that I will get into, right? The whole cultural thing and my daughter. It's just like, those are red flags. Like, hey, um, guys, we're grown ass adults. We don't have to drink or do drugs or any of these things if you don't want to. If right. you don't want to be friends with me or I don't want to be friends with you, that's fine. This whole bros before hoes or like you ain't down with that or like you know you don't want to be friends with us and and that's you're taking my my you know my ex I, all this like really immature it's just literally could have been solved as hey um i don't want to be friends with you and you could be friends with my ex but i don't want to hang out with you that's it is that okay but it wasn't okay because this was always an issue you know i would by the end of it i feel like um even my ex couldn't even explain this. And I said, hey, could you explain to your friends that like, I have no way feeling like I'm attacking them. I had, I I don't, it, I don't not like them. It's just, I don't feel like going to this party. Did you talk to them? I said, did you sit down and have a, have a conversation with your friends and say, hey guys, Kat actually, she's not, she doesn't like to party. She doesn't even, not even party. She's not a type to hang out on weekends and drink and socialize. She's a hermit. She's an introvert. Like, is that okay guys? Right. Will you can still be my friend and I'll go see you, but you know, my girl doesn't feel like going. Is that all right? No, they never had that conversation, you know, because we were still having the issues. It was always about this whole friend thing. I don't, and I, I mean, like, friends are important. I do see the value in that. So, like, yeah. I also, I know you're not saying like, don't hang out with your yeah. friends, but it's just like, I get why that's an important thing when you're trying to blend two lives. Yeah, exactly. Of course, you want, you want to have friend barbecues, bring mm -hmm. your kids over, everybody hang out, like, of course. But, like, for something like this, it just seems like such a strange focus. It is. To have it on. Instead of it being, like, I don't know, for example, hey, every time we get our kids together, our kids end up fighting or, you know, it's kind of hard or our work schedules don't match up or, I don't know, literally any other adult reason yeah. <laughs> and it's not like I wasn't friends with 
any of them, I ended up having my best friends within this entire group of friends that we ended up getting along and that are still my best friends to this day. So it wasn't like, it was just specific people that he needed me to be friends with. And because we weren't as close, cause I really didn't have a problem with them. So for those of you hearing this, I did not have a problem with any of them, never did. I just wish everyone would have had an adult conversation about this. And the fact that I'm even saying this in, on this podcast is really ridiculous, but I just am saying a point is that, you know, to each their own. It's and when you're in a jam, there's and when you're in a relationship, I know when you're in a relationship, yeah, it's a give and take and you have those conversations and those are the healthiest relationships. But if you and your partner cannot sit down and have these conversations of what's important to you, hey babe, what's important to you? Are your friends important? How he, how can we talk about this or right. compromise or how is this an issue? Anyways, that's a whole, the next part that um, I do want to talk about is again, how you wanna raise your family. What does that look like at home? Like what's healthy, what's toxic, right? And I hate the normalizing of, okay, I understand when you're socially drinking, but then, you know, if I have to be DD for my partner that, you know, can't get it together and has kids and I got to drive everyone home, not only the children, mm-hmm. but your parents, like, how is that normal? That is, that I feel like I've heard this kind of story in, uh, in other people so many times that, hey, you know, it's okay, they're just having fun. Once in a while, I understand that. But when is it, you know, too much, right? Well, the answer is if you are uncomfortable and you are protecting your kids, and at that point, you know that um, your children need a, a safe driver to go home and it's happening too much, these might be little red flags to really talk about. Um, so yeah, so I'm saying this because I was that person. I, you know, there were many times and, I, and I'm not gonna tell you how many times, um, but there were many times where I had to drive his son home, like with us, like as a DD and that's fine. I was like, hey, you wanna party and hang out? That's fine. But it was like, it's always surprising to me because, um, I'm just not, that's just not normal to me to like get used to drinking and then having to drive the kids home. It's like, if you're fucking drunk and you can't drive, then don't do it. And if you have a kiddo, make sure you have a DD. Um, There were so many fights where I was like, hey, if you wanna drink and all this stuff, like please go get an Uber Lyft home. There was one specific day we were with him and his family. They were like downing vodka bottles in the back and I'm watching his son watch this with the rest of the family and I'm like with my daughter inside the house, okay? And I get it, you have family parties, but when again, is it not okay? Maybe it's only not okay if me as a person were like, hey, everyone's always having fun and that's okay. But you know what? It's different for me because I'm like, these are red flags. I have a daughter and number one, I know what I don't, like how I don't wanna raise her and then the behaviors that are okay and then the behaviors that are not. And this was a huge red flag. I had ended up driving both kids home and the parents. And when we got home, he had to like fucking get a Bart back. Cause he, he you know, he, for, he couldn't fit in a car first of all and he was too drunk to drive. So those situations, and there were times where he'd come home drunk from hanging out with his friends. There was one time he came home and my daughter was sleeping on the bed and he had 
was he was so drunk he was behind the bed like hiding like laughing because I had to get his mom to go take him out of the room you know like because I didn't want him to wake my daughter you know like little things like this as I'm saying I feel like they're little things I feel like there's a <laughs> big big like big differences in values and how yeah, I'm even like, like Talk I'm about like, them, but... myself. like, why am I, why am I lessening the fact that I was super uncomfortable? I'm telling right. you this, right? I, I love that you're pointing that out because for how many years I've lessened this into, oh, it wasn't a big deal. It's not that big of a deal. It's, you know, his mom had said, oh, well, just let him have fun once in a while. Um, like you're okay with this behavior. Right. And I think that's a really good thing to bring up. And then also, I feel like you're more or less saying this without saying it, but like, as the mom, it can be really difficult at times to put your foot down around family, around friends, around certain cultures, around what people think that you should and shouldn't do. But at the end of the day, what you're talking about is how you want to raise your child and, or if you're a single dad or, you know, whoever it is, that is your baby. It is now literally your only job to keep that child safe and happy and healthy and do everything you can to provide the best example. And you knew that. And you were in a situation where you felt like the best thing was to try and keep her around her father. Yeah. And you can't be demonized for that. And you can't beat yourself up for that because at the end of the day, that's all anybody I think is really trying to do. So you're still, well, I was just really uncomfortable. No, you were a mother who was trying to do the absolute best by looking out for her daughter, as you should have. You had every right to feel that way, to yeah. still feel that way. Yeah. And anybody going through it that way and be like, you know what? Because they will downplay it. The other person that is not willing to have the conversation with you, male or female, is going to downplay it and be like, oh, I'm just trying to have fun. Yeah. Oh, everybody does it. Why are you making this a big deal? This didn't have to be a big deal. And then you start this whole toxic cycle all over. Yeah. So if you yeah. feel that way, like now, even your face right now, yeah, like you I know. know you <laughs> were doing it. You were. There's I love that. Wrong with that. So even Taylor sees my face here. Is like, guys, I still feel like, oh my gosh, this is so hard to talk about. Why? It was because exactly what she said. It was like the friends, the family, the whole revolving of, hey, it's not a big deal. Get over it. You're making a big deal but it was a big deal, right? And it's still hard for me to say that. Like, again, I just was looking out for the best interest of my daughter. I wanted her to be raised in a happy, healthy home. And this is where, again, um, even after you have a kid together and we weren't married, it's like, talk about your values, really assess those things, have the hard conversations, really try to talk about those things weekly. Did I try? Yes, I fucking tried every week to talk to him. And it's like when the person's not like they want to talk, but then they don't want to talk about it all the time because it's too much. It's too emotional. There's too many feelings. That also is a red flag to me personally, because I want to have open conversations with the person I'm with. But when, you know, him coming at me like this is too emotional, you're too much. This is too much to talk about. It's a lot of hard conversations. This is what grownups do. Like you want to be in a grown up relationship. Most of all, we have a kid together. This is what I'm used to. I'm used to like, I have family and like you sit down and have these conversations and you know, we really need to talk about it because there's a kid involved, you know? But again, during this time now, I'm starting to see where this pattern of 
what happened with his ex, their toxic relationship, all the fighting, everything that they went through, having, you know, their child go through that. And now my child is only like, you know, one at the time, first birthday. And I remember on her first birthday, we flew this birthday. And I remember everyone was partying inside and I had taken her out for a walk because um, we were just getting fresh air. And I just remember thinking like, like, I'm not happy, mm-hmm. you know? And everyone was inside partying for my daughter's birthday. Nobody noticed we were gone. Nobody noticed the birthday girl was gone. Everyone was partying. And I was like, why do I have such a bad feeling? And I remember my sister saying to me, you know, I hate to say it, but it just feels like you guys are not a team. Like even at her birthday, it just seems like you weren't even together. And like, yeah, that's how I know that even after my daughter, the whole like you, you should stay together for the kids because of the families telling you she had a huge baptism, she had a huge birthday, you know, and it's like, um, you have to stay together and try to make it work because this is, you know, you guys have a kid together. Absolutely freaking not. Don't ever do that. I would never suggest anyone to do that. Again, you make your own decisions necessary. I would suggest before making big decisions like that, seek out counseling, therapy, um, couples coaching, counseling, all of that before making decisions. I've um, never understood that. Like yeah. you're the way you're looking, you're like, uh, like do yeah. all things, but like even if you don't and you're in that situation, yeah. your kids deserve to see you argue all the time. Your kids right. deserve because they don't learn from the things that you tell them, honestly. They learn from the examples that you set. Yeah. So if you would set the norm that it's okay for so-and-so to be gone and be drinking all the time and like they never see you modeling yeah um they never see you modeling constructive conversations or even healthy disagreements like it's okay to tell people when you're in a disagreement yeah but what's not okay is to be like oh no it's fine they can go out and party and drink if you're not okay with it and then if you guys don't look like a unified team to other people how long until your child is old enough to see that because they're gonna see it yeah it's it's so true and it's like these kids are like we might think oh these kids are so young whatever they just think their kids are like where the adults are having fun i did not fucking see it that way and no offense to like again there would be a lot of people listening to this super offended like hey she's probably saying that like we're partying so hard and doing drinking and drugs in front of my kid all the, the time to each their own but this is my kid not yours this is my kid and I'm saying, I want what's best for her. And what's best for her, I feel like as an adult and like her growing up in a really healthy situation is not to see the drinking drugs, alcohol, partying at all, right? So socializing, whatever. You go out to dinner, you have a drink or so, whatever. Um, and the next part is the family. is like, also, when the families start to blend and you have in-laws coming in saying how you should raise your kid and you know um, what they feel like is right or all these things it's still you and that person it's you and your partner at the end of the day that need to have these conversations hey i feel like you know um your mom auntie uncle whatever is not they're not seeing eye to eye me like it's i don't like like we're having like these conversations and something's not sitting right with me i don't like how they're saying to raise my kid to bring those up. And I'm saying this now, of course, it's hard when you're in, you know, that situation to bring it up, especially in a Filipino family, you get scared to get smacked up, <laughs> but, right. um, you know, um, 
it would be really healthy if you and your partner could talk about the healthy boundaries within family. You know, like, hey, that's great, mom, dad, auntie, uncle, that you think um, our daughter should be raised like this or should have these or have not that. But at the end of the day, it's me and my partner raising my kid. You know, um, it is so important to have those conversations. Yeah, so <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's really heavy. Like there's so much and I feel like it's really impossible to condense it into one podcast to yeah. tell the story. Cause if you were really to sit and tell all the ins and outs of everything that had yeah. happened, there would be so much more to add from it. But yeah, it, it all comes back to that communication and recognizing those boundaries. And honestly, I just feel like at this point, my advice is always like, if it feels off, yeah. It's because it is. Yeah. There was a reason at the time that it was feeling off or that it wasn't sitting right. And unless you ever have that moment where you can come back and have that healthy conversation, like you said, it's just going to get worse and it's just going to keep coming up. Yeah. And I just, I can't stress enough, like what good advice that is, even though it's uncomfortable to do that, mm-hmm. it sees so much discomfort and so many issues later on. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's where definitely after my daughter's first birthday, you know, um, everything just started to fall apart even more. I mean, it just wasn't that same relationship anymore. I don't even think it was like the fully loving, healthy relationship. And I could see in his eyes that, you know, he wasn't happy either. And it's just really sad. Like, what are we to get? Why are we even together? Are we trying for our daughter? But um, after my daughter's first birthday, that's when definitely things, you know, were getting worse. And we really just weren't connected at that point anymore. Um, and um, gosh, it was when it was the before the pandemic. The so last year was 2020. Yeah, it was the beginning of last year. Um, I want to say 2019. This trip to the Philippines was something all the families wanted to have happen. And, you know, I, I really didn't want to take my daughter there yet. I wanted her also to um, build her immune, you know, immune system and all this. I was really paranoid, right? Paranoid mom. I didn't want to take her to another country yet. I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't ready to take her to another country yet, straight up. And you have that you right. And, and like, you and- don't even have to explain it to us that. <laughs> it doesn't have to be her immune system. It doesn't have to be all those things. Yeah. You as her mother were not ready. Yeah, I was Hold not on. ready. And, you know, even my family was like, well, you know, everyone, like you guys all went when you were babies and, and whatnot. And I was like, really I'm not ready I'm comfortable I know and the whole family is like getting involved and I was like and the main truth is here guys is that me and my ex were not on good terms I was not about to take my daughter through when we're fighting all the time we're had there's we have a toxic relationship I was not about to fucking take her to another country with you know his entire family where this relationship was about to completely end right? Um, It was holding on by uh, like a threat. So, you know, the ticket had been bought, you know, his family was like, no, you know, you guys are going, we're going. And I was like, I don't want to go. I don't want to do this. The new, so 2020 came around um, the beginning of last year. We ended up not going. Me and my daughter did not go. I, I canceled that. And we stayed, we stayed in the Bay Area while my ex went, my ex went and went to go see his family. So it's beginning of 2020. So my family came to stay with me and visit and spend time with me while he was away. And 
he was like, yeah, I'll check in with you. And one last part I want to make, you know, with this trip, you know, since you're not going, I want to do more photography. So I had helped him get into photography, like straight up. I got him into this creative field where he like loved expressing himself through photography. And it was like really great. I liked seeing that he like got better at photography. And he was like, so this trip to Philippines, he's deciding he's adding a part to it where he's planning to go to Thailand. And so I was like, okay, um, by yourself. <laughs> so, you know, I grew up with military parents. I've heard all the stories. My dad, you know, telling me tons of stories, being in the Navy, traveling to other countries and showing up at these kind of countries and, um, you know, being a bachelor, you know, all that, even if you're married anyways. So I was like, okay, I didn't think it was like, that big of a deal but then of course you feel still like something's wrong so he went whatever he went he went to the philippines and i was like you know i was feeling like oh a little bit like oh it's sad like you know her harley's dad is away for a little bit but whatever we we were still like when he was out in the philippines we were facetiming we were still on camera and at this point again we were still trying to make this work somehow it wasn't like we were completely cut off and ending it we still had our moments of he was FaceTiming me. He was happy to FaceTime. We were FaceTiming from while he was in the Philippines with his family. He was FaceTiming my daughter. It was all good. Okay. This was, it was fine. We were like, go do your trip, whatever. Yeah. They were upset that Harley didn't get to go, you know, all of that, but it was fine. Like he got to be with his family and do his trip and he was having fun. The next part of his trip, he went to Thailand. And when he was in Thailand, he um, was out there, he FaceTimed me from one of his hotels. And it seemed like when he was FaceTiming me, he was reading a book and I was like, oh, you seem so at peace. Like, that's great. Like, you know, you're adventuring out there. You're doing photography. I can't wait to see your work. And it almost felt like we were connecting again, right? Because he was away, we had stepped away to have a break while he was traveling. Um, back up real quick, when he left the Philippines, what's crazy is the volcano in the Philippines near their house erupted. So he wasn't there, but a lot of our family was out there. That volcano erupted. Everyone had to drive away from this volcano three hours away because there was no running water, warm water. Um, you know, the air was really bad. You have volcanic ash spewing everywhere. So I was like, thank God, you know, I had told him, thank of God. Course. Like, I'm so glad that you're okay. My daughter, my freaking daughter wasn't there, right? And I had some friends joke saying, Kat, that is so fucking crazy. It's like your intuition knew that straight up, if we were there at that date, we would have to evacuate. It was that bad. So anyways he missed it because he was in thailand and all the flights at that time went crazy it was hard to get in and out of any anywhere it was very unsafe um but i was like crazy he didn't he didn't have to deal with the volcano until we got back when he had to um be careful of the ash and whatnot but thailand um he was like i'm gonna go out and i'm gonna explore take pictures whatever i'm like okay great so texting texting video and we're connecting through i forget if it's like fiber or some other messaging through other countries is where how we were connected and i remember the messages being like he was there i know the time difference he didn't respond and then it was like okay then he was leaving back to the philippines so but that morning when he had 
FaceTimed with us and trying to FaceTime my daughter. Like <laughs> he was in the room and it was like he was on itch. And I was like, is everything okay? Did you have a good night? Like, I didn't hear from you. Are you okay? And he was like, you could tell that something was wrong. And you just feel this through the fucking video in other country that something was fucking wrong, right? You do Your intuition, your intuition is like, no, something's wrong. Um, and he's like, um, no, it was fine. I just, you know, went out and I went home and I passed out. I met, he's like, I met some guy at a bar. We went out and had drinks and I came home and passed out. I was like, okay, cool. Went back to the Philippines, whatever. And in the Philippines, he was messaging me more. And it was like, he was excited to come home and be with me and my daughter. And he was like making all these plans. He was like, you want to go to Italy? I know you've been dying to go. We're going to go. Oh, You want to start your business. Like, we're going to start your business. You want to go back to school? I swear. I was like, who the fuck is this person? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he came back and it was like, all the dreams and goals that I'd wanted for our four years of a relationship. And now we have a daughter. I wanted to move forward. That's, that's okay. So that is one thing that I have to interject <laughs> is they hear you. If you're and like girls, women do this too. I don't think that women do it as often, or at least I don't hear about it as often because I'm a woman. So, you know, every, but women do this too. They hear you. Narcissists, gaslighters, manipulative people, cheaters. They hear what you want. Yeah. And they choose not to act on it. They choose not to do the thing. And then when they're like, oh, I really fucked up. Or this person is really finally going to leave me. They pull it as like a last resort. And they're like, this is all the stuff that you've been waiting for. This is what you've wanted. I will do it for you because they want you to stay. And his guilt caught up with him. And he had heard you. Yeah. He what he knew what you were asking for. He knew yeah. what you had been waiting for. And because he felt guilty and he knew that things were not going well, and then he realized, you know what? I really messed this up. I'm gonna pull all the stops. Yeah. And it's a manipulation tactic. And guys, if they are not doing what you are asking them to, to do, nobody's gonna be perfect about it. Give it time. It takes hard work. Give them space. If they are trying and it's not working out yet, just you know, let them try. But if they are not, if they're not doing any of it, they do not want to. Yeah. They don't yeah. want to. And yeah, it's not true. easy. No, that's true. And now, now I look back and even other relationships I've had, and it's like, you know, that where they say like, oh, you wanted to do all these things. Then they get a new girlfriend and they do all those things with them. It's because yeah. they didn't want to do it with you. Really? And, you know, and he, he didn't want to do those things with me. And I know that now, but like when him coming back, so he came back to the Bay area, I had fixed up the apartment so fucking nice. Like our place was beautiful. I set it up. So it's like our, our bedroom was like, I bought new, like, like sheets and everything. It was like, I had set it up. Cause I was like, Hey, maybe we could start over, you know? And so we came home and it was like, yeah, let's plan these trips. Let's go to Italy. Let's go here. Let's do that. Um, we had planned to go for my birthday every year. I go to Maui to see my best friend and we stay with her out there. And that was scheduled for March again. We always go like that's been my, our thing. And, um, I guess this was what January came back, February, there was a morning there. I believe it was like 10 days after he kept camp come back. It was like 10 days or maybe less. I, I don't remember the exact days, but, um, my daughter um, was showing signs of pink eye. Mm. 
And so she was getting pink eye. It was like, I, I felt like I was getting it. He was getting it. And this is a horrifying story to tell guys. I'm saying this and I'm like, what the fuck? But it's because I need to set this straight. For those of you that have heard this story and whatever, this is reality here, okay? My daughter, you know, had shown signs of pink eye. And then this morning, there was a morning, that morning was at 6 a.m. I had looked at him and he was sitting in bed and I said, what's like, what is this? Like, what's going on? Like, I, I don't know what's like, is this pink eye? Like, what the fuck is this, right? And I'm like freaking out because Harley's like, looks really bad, you know? Like her face looks really bad. And he's sitting there like dead, like still in the bed, like quiet in the dark. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why are you sitting there? Like, what's going on? And he's like, I have something to tell you. And I'm like, uh, like the look. And like, you know, at this point, it's like that turning point, right? In all the movies yeah. in your life, you're like, what is about to fucking go down right now? Yeah. Okay, it's horrible. It's fucking horrible. I wish this on nobody. And I'm like, please explain to me what's going on here. And he was like, we, he's like, I think we all need to get tested. We all need to get tested. And I said, why did you do something you weren't supposed to? And he was like, yeah. And I'm like, you know, at that point, it's like where everything blurs, right? You're asking questions. I was panicking full blown. I was crying. I was freaking out right away. I'm like, I need to fucking go get tested with my daughter. I call right. Kaiser. I'm freaking out to the nurse on the phone, crying, bawling my eyes out. And I'm telling her like, what do I fucking do? How does this whole STD get tested or, you know, get us to all tested? Does she have an infection? Like, what the fuck is this? Cause my ex right. just told me that he may have given something to me and my daughter, you know, God forbid anyone goes through this. And I just remember being in the bathroom bawling my eyes out, freaking out, crying and crying, crying, like, is my daughter okay? And this might be for those of you like, oh, it could be pink eye, she like, whatever. When you're in this moment, first of all, you're probably gonna wanna kill that person. You're protecting your kid, okay? And then you don't know what the fuck this thing is or if it's like other diseases or whatever that you have gotten, right? That's a no serious joke, right? Also to know that it came from, you know, a different country, like, yeah. No matter what that is, when you're traveling, you don't know, did you get something in a different country and then add to it later on? Did you, I mean, there's really no way to know for any of those things. So I don't think it was unjustified for you to have a little bit of a panic attack. Yeah. yeah. And this was like, right when COVID was just starting, no one had, you know, said what it was like completely. And it yeah, wasn't nobody knew. It was right before this. It was right before all this shit was happening. And so we had, right then I was like, man, we we're all gonna go get tested. We all went to go get tested. And this thing was just like ugly. Like this whole pink eye thing was fucking disgusting. You know, we all got tested and he told me what happened. And I remember being in the car in the parking lot. Now as I'm saying this, after we had got tested at Kaiser, I was like screaming at him pissed asking him to explain what happened tell me the story over and over i facetimed you we talked what what right. happened what happened um and the story kept going little bits and pieces and then he was like i told you i told you i said i'm sorry now guys when someone says i said i'm sorry and like that's it and you expect for the other person to just shut their mouth that's not how this shit's gonna go down expect 
that you're going to have to do a million things, whether it's therapy, counseling, whatever, to uncover all this trauma from a situation like this. Yes. Right? It's not like, I'm sorry, get over it, which is what he kept telling me. Right? And I really always think of that quote where it's like, if somebody tells you that they hurt you, or if somebody tells you that you hurt them, you don't get to decide that you didn't. Yeah. Like he knew it was a big deal or he wouldn't have kept it a secret. Right. He knew it was a big deal or he wouldn't have had guilt around it. And at the end of the day, he just didn't want the consequences of his actions. Yeah. So like straight up, he invited this girl from the red light district. He invited her into his hotel room, took her up there, you know, and they did their thing. So, and he came back. He didn't tell me, he was not gonna tell me. I asked him, would he tell me? He said he was gonna tell me, but he he didn't tell me until we all got tested, right? Right. Um, and so, yeah, you know, after a turning point like that, can you really ever trust again? I don't know. I know there are amazing like stories where they've they've got through cheating, they've got through a lot of hard stuff, but that's not this story. <laughs> you know, I want, you know, again, I for me, I'm number one, protect my daughter. I'm a lioness. Don't fuck with me. This is my daughter. You know, I will claw your eyes out. So like, be careful what you say or do, you know? Your sorry is not good enough, you know? Um, I had like, talked to family. I talked to friends, like, what the fuck do I do? This is so crazy. Like, and I told him like, we need, we need to go to therapy. That's the only way, like, we need to go to therapy because this is just really bad. It's just basically <laughs> the huge turning point of our relationship. And so after that, I, you know, we, there was still the, the Maui trip, but at that point it's like, I'm dead inside guys. Like I'm dead inside. It's like, it had come to this, you know, I feel like, oh great. I'm that girl in the relationship. I have a daughter. We're not married. I had to tell my family that I'm with someone. This is what happened. Yeah. I get it. People make mistakes guys. Right. But again, this is where I feel like a lot of the gaslighting, the narcissist behavior kicks in is like, you know, I, you say you're sorry. And he's like, yeah, I'm saying sorry. And I want to keep talking about it where he gets so charged up. We start cursing and yelling at each other because we're still talking about this whole situation. And of course that's going to happen. Of course it is not going to be overnight. It's going to take time, but he was not willing to do that, right? He was just like, like basically telling me to shut up because he didn't want to hear it anymore. You know, we were, it was so emotional. It was so, um, and it was so destructive at that point where to fast forward, um, I, I went to my, my sister. Okay. My sister, I was still in the Bay after this whole thing happened. My sister got us checked into a hotel in the Bay. She wasn't even there. She wanted us to just get away and get better, you know? And um, my family was like, what do you need? Do you need to come home? Like, are you gonna, are you gonna leave him? Like, you know, all of these things. I was like, being that person at that space still, I'm like, we're gonna do therapy, right? Um, so um, I think after that, I went back to San Diego for a bit, came back and then I was getting more of my things cause we were going to Hawaii went to Hawaii, you know, and we went to Hawaii without him. Obviously my, my best friend in the world is like, he's not allowed in my house. Okay. Right. And this is why she's my best friend in the whole fucking world. She's like, if you know, she's like, I don't trust him. He's not allowed in my house. He cannot come. 
you know, makes sense. That's fair. I like, can't go. I was like, you can't go. So he was like devastated and he was like, fine, I'm not. And he's like, and I was like, you, if you really wanted to see your daughter in Hawaii, you would go book a ticket, book a hotel, pay for a car, fly out there, right? Go do it. If she's not letting you stay in your house, then go get a hotel. He's like, no, not doing that. Okay, fine, whatever. That was your, that was your option. Cause I felt a little bit, you know, a little bit of the guilt still. Like he just wanted to be with his family and try again. But again, it's like, hey, don't let him go in like your safe space again. And remember, remember the red flags. Remember this, um, remember why you're leaving, really, why you're leaving. This is just all bad, right? This is not how you wanna raise your daughter. You don't wanna be in this situation. This is not what you wanted for yourself, you know, in your life. Like, so I made that decision to leave and, um, I don't remember exactly when we came back, but it was, it was March. Um, I, we were, I was gathering all my things and I was, I remember that we were still talking about what this would look like. And I would just, of course, not live there. I was going to leave. Right. Um, the, so that specific day, this is the highlight and then we're going to end <laughs> because it's too much is the first part right now. So let me be absolutely clear of how this went down. My daughter and I, um, you know, were in the apartment and him and I got into this huge fight again about the trust problems. It already been escalating, you know, um, the fighting was really bad. My mom was even sitting there at one point watching him walk through the house, like slamming shit, really being really pissed and he was intoxicated and us fighting. She's seen us, she's seen, it, seen this happen. And it was like definitely time to go. So anyways, it was just me, him and my daughter in the apartment. It was probably like three, 4 p.m. And we got into this huge fight and it had escalated so badly. We were screaming at each other where I was like, oh my gosh, this is not safe anymore for our daughter. You have a little one-year-old that is now sitting in the middle of two parents that are like really at each other's throat at this time. And it's not safe for her. So as the mama bear, I'm gonna, take her from this situation that is very very unsafe you have a father that's going through the house slamming shit and i'm telling him i'm like you need to leave like you need to leave like right. leave it's like me and my daughter i'm i'm actually shaking because i'm scared and he looks at us and he's like get the fuck he's like you guys get the fuck out of my house okay very clearly and takes the car and leaves we don't have a car guys i don't have anywhere to go i don't have family in the bay this is exactly that went, went down. And if you ask him, and if I asked him when we went to mediation, and I told him again, this is what you said, he did not deny it. So this is the fact. I packed our shit. It was dirty laundry in one luggage, a small luggage, my daughter in pink with pink eye, one other luggage with diapers and wipes that were clean, me still recovering from my pink eye, getting an Uber, to the airport we're fucking leaving i need to go where safe for my kid for me and that's home with our family in san diego so we got a lift uber i did not involve anyone i didn't tell any of my friends to go pick us up i didn't go stay at my friend's house and not involved any of our friends to put them in that situation i i took ourselves out of this situation i took my daughter to where it's safe you know i let even his mother know the situation and I told her on the phone, we were at the airport and I'm like screaming on the phone because I could not believe she had the audacity to tell me 
Like if I went to the Philippines, this wouldn't have happened. Excuse me? So we're gonna victim blame. If I didn't go to the Philippines, you're telling me, you straight up tell me that your son wouldn't have cheated. That is not right, guys. That's not, yeah. You know, I don't wanna raise my daughter in that situation. That is not okay. Let's not normalize that behavior. I was infuriated. I remember yelling at her and saying, I'm protecting my daughter. This is what me taking her where she's safe to San Diego. And clearly everyone knew our friends, his family, my family, everyone knew we were leaving where it was safe in San Diego. This was not something that was hidden, you know? And the reason why I say this as we end this chapter, I know it's um, pretty long, is because in mediation, he, he, he literally accused me recently of taking my daughter. That's gonna stop right now, okay? So for all those hearing this that are scared to speak their truth and everything that's happening, please don't be afraid. Like, I understand it can be really scary, but this is why we're doing this and why we're, um, you know, Taylor's come on the show to talk about this, why I'm speaking to also many countless women that are messaging me saying, I wanna talk about my story. Let's stop normalizing this behavior in relationships and families, it's not okay. So what I did again was I've always said, even in my entire relationship with my ex, I said, I make choices for what's best for our family every for the whole fucking four or five years we were together i've always said that to him and with my daughter in the picture i'm there to fucking protect her from everything so that was it we got on the plane and i'm gonna end it right there <laughs> so part, 